It is great to have you on the Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel Inhouse, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. In this episode, we talk about three ways we can fight for our family. Here's the conversation. So I heard this podcast last week from this pastor that I, that I look up to, and he was talking about reaching the next generation. And it really grabbed my attention because this is something I think that's on all of our hearts. And we're talking a lot about this in church is how do we reach the next generation? Of course, all of our listeners, we're, we're wanting to reach our kids. And so many people have told me they're, they're fearful of our kids' future. And I, I think I am as well. I mean, I think just being honest, like our world is changing. Right. And raising kids in this generation, there are a lot greater challenges, I think, than there were when we were growing up, of course, you and I are not of the same generation. I'm a lot older than you. Do you think people, like, the 70s, was the 70s not like a difficult time and a lot of drugs and a lot of things going on? Was that not difficult, too? Like, was that not a really difficult time? Is it that much more difficult now? I think I think every generation has its challenges because you definitely had the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, I mean, you I, know, com, coming yeah. on the scene. Uh, I definitely think the seventies were were a challenging time, but to your, I don't want I don't want to get into the into the phones and, and all that. But don't get me started. Um, let's not get you started on that. I love this verse. So so the pastor shares this verse. It's in Nehemiah chapter four, verse fourteen, and this is in the context of God had called Nehemiah to rebuild the wall, and he's kind of rallied all the troops to rebuild the wall, and they were facing some opposition because their enemies didn't want them to rebuild the wall. The wall. <laughs> the wow. <laughs> From the window. To the wow. So this, this is what he says, Nehemiah 4.14. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. He says to don't be afraid to remember how great and awesome God is, and then he challenges them to fight for their families. And so on this podcast, he, he talked about fighting for our families and fighting for our kids. And he talked about three different ways that we can do that. And the first one that he mentioned is pray for your kids. Now, I think, obviously, th this is a, a no-brainer to pray for our kids, but he mentioned what to pray for our kids. And so he asked this, there's this guy that he looked up to, he respected, probably the greatest student pastor that he knew, and he had this phenomenal family, like this, like the proof's in the pudding. And that, that's kind of where I am with parenting, like the, the proof's in the pudding. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how the kids turn out. <laughs> and so he said, what do you pray for your kids? And he said, these are three things I pray for my kids every single day. And I thought that would be something great we could talk about yeah. on the podcast. So the first thing is, the first prayer for our kids is they have a healthy fear and reverence for God. That our kids would have a healthy fear and reverence for God. Psalm 34, 9 through 11 says, Fear the Lord, you his people. For those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you to fear the Lord. Psalm what? Psalm 34, 
9 through 11. So why are we praying? By the way, I've heard a lot of the, uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about fear and talk about like, we shouldn't fear God. Like, I, I've heard, have you heard that before? Like, we, we shouldn't have fear for God. And I don't think people understand that's not, like, we should have a healthy fear for God. Yeah, so so I think in the past, the church was preaching fire and brimstone. Yeah. And I don't think we need to have an unhealthy fear of God, like walking around like, well, if we screw up, God's going to squash us. You know, the guy's yeah. not this walking tall guy with a, you know, big stick. He's going to whack us over the head. But I think I think the church has swung so far to the other side Oh, God's love and grace and his forgiveness. We don't preach fire and brimstone anymore. We, yeah. You know, and so. People won't come if you do that. <laughs> I mean, the, the community I'm sure is, you've seen that, like, little, little different. Pe- people don't come for any reason. It's a little cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a late Georgia game or whatever, you know. I, I stubbed my toe, so I'm not going <laughs> to come to church. But I think teaching our kids to have a healthy fear of God and a healthy fear is a is a reverence for God. I'm about to say, what does that mean? And you said reverence, a it, reverence it's for a God. It's a reverence. It's a respect. It's Res- like like God is sovereign. He is in control. Like he he he's in charge. He's the boss. He's the Lord. He's he's king. Like we are we are his subjects, right? Like he is he he is everything. And so, why should they fear God? Well, I think you know. Proverbs tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Like, that is the beginning of wisdom. I think the other thing is, if our kids understand that they're going to be held accountable by this great and awesome God for the decisions that they make and how they live their lives. Every word they speak. Every word they speak. I mean, that 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 should change. That should encourage them to make good decisions in life. Not not an unhealthy fear where, where God's going to punish them or their lives are going to be miserable. I mean, you do reap what you sow, but but a but a healthy fear. Yeah, and I, and I think people, like you talked about, I think there's a lot of people that I know, like that I've done small group with or in the past that that had an unhealthy fear, like that that were that thought like that their parents ruled with with an iron fist mm-hmm. and that they were always on them and they were you know, don't cuss, don't have sex, don't do this, don't do that. You can't do this, you can't do that. And I've talked to a lot of people that have had a lot of failures in their lives because of that, those talks. Because they were told don't, under any circumstances, do X, Y, and Z instead of like, hey, talk to me about it. Like, come to me and, t- and ask me, you can ask me questions. Like, arming them with knowledge of what that means. Like, you know, telling somebody not to have sex and then talking to them about a relationship and where your li- where your relationship is headed and not putting yourself in bad situations, not doing certain things that could lead to certain things that could lead to certain things and how you try to make those decisions. Again, we can't just give them the rules and give them the rules, give them the rules. We got to help apply. We got to help them apply those rules, right? With parenting and just, just like anything like ordering, ordering at a restaurant. Like, I'm a big person. I've made my kids from a young age order at a restaurant, okay? I just tell Nicholas to go order. He was very awkward, very awful at it, not very ungood, and he just <laughs> wasn't something that his strength didn't want to look people in the eyes. So I might have to come beside Nicholas and be like, hey, bud, you know, you said you wanted this, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd like, you know, looking down, eyes, you know, hands folded, you know, hands rubbing together, like I two, two chicken sandwiches at Chick-fil-A, you know, like, 
but we had to come beside them and talk to them about that and help them. I think we got to help them. De- we got to help them develop a healthy fear, help them develop reverence for God, like come beside them, ask questions, show them, tell them about our stuff and, and some of the stuff we got going on. But it's not just like some of the times in the past where people have had a lot of, you know, bad experiences with church and just a bunch of rules in a book that don't do this, don't do that. That's where people, I think, that's the unhealthy part of, of where people get frustrated and then turn away from God or turn away from people that are like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think cre- creating that healthy fear. And I, a couple of weeks ago, I shared a message at church about the biblical standard for sex, and it was it was a conversation I wanted our kids. It was to, really good to hear the truth. And some of the some of the kids came back to their parents and were like, "Well, well, Pastor Jay, I mean, he's not giving much grace here," and they they're like. He's like drawing a line in the sand. But my my objective was our standards high. Like Jesus Christ, like we raised the bar. I wanted to share the biblical view that covenant, that the marriage covenant. Like it's man, one man, one woman for life. You establish that covenant. Every covenant uh, is established with the shedding of blood in the Bible. And I didn't go into great details, but, you know. I appreciated you, that with my um, middle school daughter there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think you get you have to set the standard high. I didn't think you did the biblical standard. I thought you did a good job. Well, I, I appreciate that. I thought it was cool because we got to have conversations with my kids about it, and you know, in an uninvasive way, and just talking about like the ramifications of you know, you talked about like there being you know when that happens with an individual and leaving pieces with somebody else and having to deal with it, and and then the healthy. I think the best thing you did was talking about the healthy. Like God gave sex. And it's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it is and good. It's good. Yeah. it's good for it's good for your spouse. And I'll never forget having the sex talk with Nicholas. And I took so much pride when he when literally we had the sex talk. And the first one of the first questions was, "Did you wait for your ma- ma- wedding night?" And like the pride that you have in being able to say mm. yes, because there are a lot of circumstances I can't. And and I think by the way, I think it's very valuable when you when you have when you can't when you say no to that. And I wish I would have. Like, I think there's tremendous, like, superhuman value in, I wish I would have. If I could go back, bud, and I could do one thing different, I wish I would have. Like, that's a powerful statement we get to make to our kids. When we tell them, like, if I could go back and change it, I I would. It's a big deal. I like that. I've ever told you, I've ever shared with you when I had the birds and the bees talk with Joe and, and how awkward that was and how terrible it was. I think you need to share with everybody. <laughs> You waited way too long. Yeah, so. <laughs> first first fault of dad, waited first, too long. First off. I already knew I about it. Joel was in like seventh or eighth grade. I was in eighth grade. First <laughs> off, I was 23. Continue. Go ahead. <laughs> and well, I was uh, totally unprepared for the talk. I was going to have the talk, and, and I didn't well, do it. You were going to have the talk. Why were you unprepared? I, I just figured I'd just wing it, you know. Oh. And <laughs> pastor, uh, pastor guy, good with words. I'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, yeah. So we're out there throwing the throwing the baseball, you know, and say, "Hey, Joe, want to talk about the birds and the bees?" And and you know, I think he's kind of kind of rolling his eyes, and it's like, "Well, you know, Joe, like, you know, bees bees like bees, and uh, you know, birds like birds." <laughs> and, <laughs> I was totally. I can't even remember well, it now. First but off, it was, you're like, "Hey, you want to go play?" catch at 
the church. I was like, we never play catch at the church. Like, we'll just go to the backyard. Like, what, what are we doing here? And he tried to make this big old special thing. <laughs> and I was like, me and mom had this talk three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, we've, we've, we've done this before. I've like, had we, sex ed already. Like, <laughs> anyway. Is, 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 it, is it more complicated now? Because it's like the birds and the bees and the bees and the bees and the birds and the birds. <laughs> like, I mean, and I was like, what? <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's Does a the little bird more complicated as a bird. <laughs> Correct. Is the bird really a bird? Like, I mean, there's a lot now that a lot of oh, a man. lot of bees say that they're birds. <laughs> yes. So it's there's definitely some. some yeah, things. I definitely dropped the ball. No pun intended. Wasn't good on huh? that one. No. So I think number one, we pray that they have a healthy fear and reverence for God. Number two, I, I like what he said is is they are surrounded by divine favor. Pray that our kids are surrounded by divine favor. Psalm 5, 11, and 12 says, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. I love, I love that image of a shield. God surrounding our children as a shield with his favor. Think like a force field. Yeah, I, I love that. And that's, yeah. that's one of the prayers I, I pray every Sunday morning that, that God would put a hedge of protection around our church, yeah. around our campuses, or around our staff. All right, I'm going to need you to, to do what, I think there's probably a lot of people that are going to say this when they heard that. Surround by divine favor. Now, give me, I, I understand what you're saying with the shield. Now, what does that look like practically? What does that mean? Praying that God would give them favor with people. So, God, give them favor with their teachers. God, give them favor with their coaches. God, God, give them favor with their bosses. God, God, give them favor on this job interview. Um, this is one of the prayers I pray for myself all the time, that, that, that God would give me favor in the community, that he would give our church favor, that he would give me favor with the right people, that, that God would move in somebody else's heart, like that, that I might have favor with, this key person in the community that might open some doors that we might, you know, give me make favor. some things happen. Yeah, to make some things that happen. And you wow. look, you look at some of the the opportunities that I've had, some of the doors that God has opened. It has absolutely nothing to do with my talent and my abilities. It has everything to do with the favor of God. That they, that God just gave me favor. God, God gave me favor in this community. We moved here and didn't know anybody. Yeah. And God just gave us favor. He gave us favor with with the right people, open doors. And you pray that for your kids that God give give them favor with this coach, give give them favor with this teacher. You know, my, my daughter was going in for for a job interview last week. This job she really is wanting to get that could open doors for her future. It's like God give 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 Julia favor with the this person who's like pray that she would like her, <laughs> she would connect. Yeah. That you know, and I think God, you know, what a prayer to pray for your kids. That God would give us, that God would give them favor with the right people. I mean, another another way of saying it is that, that God would open doors for them, that He would open the doors that that we want Him to open, and that He would close the doors that. Because there's some people we don't want our kids to have favor with. <laughs> what do you, What are you thinking? Well, I I don't want to spoil three. So was does three have to do with? people that they're surrounded by mm. uh, okay all right so i, I did I, I don't i've already done this remember i spoiled because you don't share like notes or anything with me um 
but surrounded by divine favor. I just didn't know if that meant divine, like people putting people in their lives, but that makes sense. Um, you know, open the right doors, close the the correct doors. Um, I mean, maybe even saying like, God, you know, make, make my influence or grow my influence, mm-hmm. you know, it, my influence grows for you. I mean, that's kind of what I, what I think I, I was just trying to put it. I, I didn't understand the surround by divine favor until I like the shield. I like the force field. I think about like, uh, the Incredibles and the dude that could do the, was it? No, it was the girl. The girl could do the force field, right? Wasn't it like correct? Oh yeah, the incredible. Yeah, Violet. The, yeah, yeah, Violet could do the force field. So, I think about well, that. You That's think about your life. Like God has given you tremendous favor. Yeah, I mean, he he gave you favor with Herb Street. Yeah, which opened the door for you to get on get on game day. And I, and I can't tell you how many times, and we can all do this. How many times I've had favor where I've been in a situation that I I got out of just because of him, like just because of having favor and. It's probably a situation that I could have easily I could have easily been the other person that got in trouble. I could have easily been the other person that got killed. Like, and I, I mean, I, I tell my kids all the time, like, whenever we see somebody homeless or you know struggling on the street that has signs and stuff like that, I'm like, dude, I'm one bad decision away from being that person. Hmm. Like, legit, like one bad decision. I and I, I've even said this. I've said I'm actually one getting caught decision away from being somebody totally different. Like things that I did that I deserved to get caught doing that I didn't get caught. And because of that, I, I was continued to have success and favor and continue to go on throughout my life. So I understand, I understand where you're going, what you're putting down. Yeah. So the, so the third thing, and you were kind of stealing your thunder. I love, no, I, I don't think you're stealing my thunder. I just love how you and I are on the same, same, same wavelength, same wavelength. Let's go. The third prayer is to bring godly friends and influencers into their lives. In Proverbs 27, 17, is iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And so this, this question was asked to teenagers, who has had the greatest influence in your life? And this is going to be sad for parents to hear, but most of the kids didn't say their parents. Friends. This Coach, is interesting. Coaches. Nine out of ten kids said a grandparent. So that's that's a word for the grandparents out there. Wow. A coach, coach a student home. pastor, a friend. And I think, you know, the point he was making is it takes more than parents to raise these kids. Of course you mm-hmm. hear it takes a village to raise the kids. But who are the who are the other influencers in your kids' life? And so he he told the story. He's got this pastor friend that calls his friend calls his kids just to see how they're doing, and then he'll text him and say, "Hey, I I, I talked to Jolin, and he's doing good." And uh, and so let's just say 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 you call Jolin and you talk to Jolin and you know you encourage Jolin, and then you text me and say, "Hey, just want you to know I just talked to Jolin. He's doing good." And, so I called Joe. I said, hey, Davey, Davey told me he called you. What did y'all talk about? And he said, well, he really encouraged me to do this. I said, well, I've always encouraged you to do that. It's like, but, but coming from you, he, he might, it might land differently oh, 100%. than coming from dad because dad's always saying it. Yep. And I just got to thinking, like, how cool is it if we have our good buddies are calling our friends, our, our kids, and they're encouraging them and praying for them. Yep. I think that's a, that's a powerful 
influence in, in someone's life. And, and I think, obviously, you, you have people in your life that you can think of. Um, you know, like, I, I, I think I told this not too long ago. Same thing, I had a conversation with, uh, with Claxton Pilgrim. They go to our mm-hmm. church, and I went to breakfast with Claxton. And I, I can talk to him about things that his parents can't talk to him about. Like, they can. And listen, they, they can, but, the, like, I can say things. That, like, we were, I, 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 he had a girlfriend for a long time. I can say things about sex to him and stuff in a non-evasive way, like I'm not prying, and make comments that doesn't put him on, you know, defensive. And I was like, yeah, now you can. I said, now you get. I said, now that you've had a girlfriend, you get it, don't you? He was like, what do you mean? I was like, now you understand how hard it is to stay if you're if you're still trying to stay pure and that's something you're wanting to do. I was like, now you now you get it when when she gets when she gets a little close and you get it's a little bit harder than you thought, isn't it? He was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so but I, I think it's critically and I've heard people talk about this before in the past, like, you know, finding leaders around you and people around you to plug into your kids' lives, which is basically, you know, what you what you said with that is find a couple of those people that 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 can have a say that they and listen coaches student pastors those are people that you don't feel like you're going to be judged those are people that you don't feel like you're going to be um in trouble with like you can share more information with those folks as opposed to your parents with what we've talked mm-hmm. about before in the past right like how much I can talk about and how much I don't want to talk about so I, I think it makes total sense but I think you definitely like I've I've talked about it for a while. I want Nicholas to have lunch or have breakfast with a couple of my friends that I really respect the heck out of him that he can go and build a relationship with and have somebody to talk to that something they can get off his chest that might not be me. And that's okay. Yeah. Something yeah. in the world. So Jolan, Nate Rector, you remember Nate? Oh yeah, Nate's so awesome. Nate discipled Jolan probably all middle school, high school. They would go to break you know, they had that, they one. had their group of friends that they would come over to our house. We would do breakfast. One of the parents would do breakfast. They would do their discipleship group, and then they would, then they would go to school. But he had he had Nate pouring into him. He's had Wojak pouring into him. Uh, he now has Spencer pouring into him. So it's neat for me that, that Jolan has other men who are investing in him and pouring into him. So I think for those who are listening out there, I mean, maybe think about some of the men that you want pouring into your kids and maybe, maybe, and I'm talking about the older kids. I mean, not, yeah. not the little kids, but, you know, you feel comfortable giving, say, hey, here's my son's phone number, or here's, yeah. you know, could you call him every now and then or encourage him every every now and then? But By the way, you said, okay, for older kids, but here's my, my challenge for younger parents would be, okay, you're not probably at that stage yet where you're going to do that and they're going to have cell phone numbers and communicate. But who is the families that you're spending time with and what do those relationships look like? Because he's also learning what a man looks like when he looks at one of your friends and how they treat their wives and how they treat their kids. So it might not be as intimate. It might not be as verbal. And it might not be, you know, something like mm-hmm. that where you're searching out. But they're they're learning. You, you surround them with a bunch of great men who are treating their wives like they're supposed to and their kids like they're supposed to. They're learning from that as well. So young, old, whatever. Oh, yeah. You want them surrounded by good people that, are doing the right things that probably are speaking the way you are speaking. You know, one of my biggest sticklers when, when and you, I've talked to you about this before in the past, like alcohol was a big deal for me and it was a big hurdle. And if you were going to drink uh, around my kids, we weren't, we weren't going to work. Like I just didn't be, a couple of reasons. One, they see it. 
and it becomes acceptable to me. And I didn't want that to, I didn't want that to be acceptable because we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then two, the behaviors of the people you're around, once they start to get intoxicated changes in the way they speak and the way they act change. And so, I mean, that was one of those things that was, uh, I mean, it was a big stickling point. It was a big disagreement with me and my wife. And we had to work through that and figure out how we wanted to handle it. And it ended up being a text message to, to the people in our friend group about this is like, if we're going to hang out, we're going to do this. We love spending time with y'all, but we're not going to do that. And that's not something that we want around our kids. And, you know, do you lose friends? Yeah, sure. And you, you can 100% control your environment. Yeah. It's 100% up to you. Who, who you're spending time with and who, yeah. who you're allowing to be. I mean, it's a privilege. I mean, it's a privilege to give people access into your life. That's a great and, way to say it. And do they have the responsibility? Like if you're giving, I heard someone say this the other day. If you're giving someone level 10 access into your life, but they're only exhibiting level three responsibility, then you have a decision to make. Either you got to challenge them up into level 10 responsibility or you've got to put some boundaries up to where you're not going to give them that kind of access into your life. Because you think about we allow people access into our lives yeah, and they're going to influence our kids. Influence us. And influence us. Yep. And that's, so, that's, their, that's the kids they're hanging around with too? Like are they... Yeah. Kids that are respectful, or are they kids that I are tell you, we talking got, the way you want to talk? We got people got so upset with us because we're pretty firm on on who our kids can spend the night with. You know, when when they were younger, and we wouldn't yeah. let we wouldn't let our kids spend the night at someone's house if you're not firm now with that. We're still no, we're still firm with okay. that. But I just think the older kids are grown. Yeah, we're still firm with Jesse. Um, but we've got you know people got upset with us like, well, I don't know you, and and i don't i don't know your daughter's older brother mm-hmm. <laughs> who's going to be at the house with my daughter you know i don't so you have to be very careful so three things to pray for your kids they have a healthy fear and reverence for god they are surrounded with divine favor and bring godly friends and influencers into their lives not just friends but people who are going to influence them so we talked about prayer The second way that we can fight for our kids is priority. And he talked about getting the kids back into church and prioritizing church. And I know that I probably sound like a broken record (laughs) on this podcast about church and church being more important than sports. It needs to be a higher priority than sports. It needs to be a higher priority than going to the lake. I got one of my buddies. He's like, man, every single time... You talk about choosing church over the lake. I'm like at the lake. He's like watching online. He's like, it just seems like you're always bringing it up. Always talking to me. <laughs> Stop going to the lake so, so much. Maybe that's God speaking to you. Oh. So I think prioritize. I mean, I do think you'd ask, you asked the question earlier, is it harder to raise kids in, in this generation versus the 70s but i think back in the 70s i mean church was such an important part of our culture i mean church was the center of the of the city you know every city there'd be like a baptist church methodist church presbyterian church episcopal church and everything revolved around the church and you didn't have sports on sunday mornings you didn't you didn't have sports on wednesday nights like they those those were sacred times where today people 
Men's sports is going on all the time. I mean, all the time. Yeah, Sunday morning, um, Wednesday night. But I love, I love the. Uh, I mean, and you're real. You're a great example for people of this really prioritizing sports, prioritizing church over sports, prioritizing church over anything. I mean, you even came back from Eugene, Oregon, a couple of weeks ago. I got Bozeman this week. It's gonna be fun. Bozeman, Mon- Montana, Montana, Montana. That'll be fun. Coming home. You gonna come back for church? Of course. And you're no. there Wednesday nights, and your kids are there Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. I lead the eighth grade group. Lindsay does a sixth or seventh grade group now. But no, I, I think it's it's a choice, and we've said that so much. I, I feel like we've we've beaten that into the ground. But like it's it's a choice, but it's also um, again showing our kids. Sometimes we don't want to show up. Sometimes we're hungry. Sometimes we have sports. You know, I think uh, like with basketball, sometimes you know basketball will show up late. Like we have a game like this Wednesday. We'll be away. Uh, Wednesday night we'll be in Winder. Leah has a game. Nichols has a game, and then we'll go to church and we'll be late. We'll be thirty, forty-five minutes late to to the service, and then have small group. And so we won't be at the whole thing, but we still want to go to some of it. We still want to make it a priority. We want to get to what we can get of it a lot of times, but. Listen, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to go every Sunday, and that's okay. But I think building that habit in your kids on how important it is and why it's important, um, I think it, it's, it, it's a big deal. It's a, it's a huge deal. What do, you, what do you think, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but what, what do you think the church could do to help parents make it a priority in their lives and for their kids, like, could the church do a better job? I think it's hard because parents think their kids are getting behind. Parents think their kids are missing out. And so I think that it's really hard to to beat that. You know, they have tournaments where they're keeping score and they're, you know, where it really matters for the day, by the way, and then it's gone, which again is something you realize as you get as you get older, the tournament's over, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, I think if you could if you could maybe make it more convenient, but I don't know how you do that either other than you record a message and you be able to send it to them. You know, I mean, I think anything you do is going to take away from what you're trying to accomplish, but, you know, do you do a weekly sermon that's 15 minutes that you can sit the kids down at a, at a ballpark and, you know, give them a little message real quick and they, they you feed them spiritually, and you get, but, you, but you also got to depend on the parent to them to watch it, them to turn it on, them to make it a priority. So I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, th- I think it's hard. I think it's hard times. I think youth league sports business is such a big deal now that, you know, people think they're missing out on everything and mm-hmm. they're, they miss out on nothing. I mean, in the end, you're not missing out on anything. It's a tournament. I mean, it's, that's all it is, but yeah, I mean, my philosophy over the, over the last several years has been, I'm going, to, I'm going to preach on Sunday mornings. We're going to have the greatest student ministry we can possibly have. We're going to go to ki- we're going to go to kids camp. We're going to go to student camp. Like we're going to go to GS weekend. Like we're going to provide the opportunities for the kids, and it's up, up to them and up to the parents if, if they want to be part of it or not. Yep. But that's all you can do. That's all we you know, that's and we can try do. to prioritize it. So, so prayer priority, and then the third thing was to participate. And I think every single person listening to this podcast can participate in helping or mentoring a young person. So we need to be those kind of people that 
the pastor talked about that that are willing to call our our friends' kids or to text our friends' kids. And I said this in church yesterday, my favorite people love my favorite people. I just think that is brilliant. That the people that if you want to win me over, if you wanna if you wanna, you know, you wanna be close to me and you wanna have a relationship with me and you wanna be one of my favorite people, then love my kids. I mean, my favorite people love my favorite people. Yeah. And so if you if you wanna like if you wanna if you wanna have level ten access into <laughs> Pastor Jay's life. You better love my babies. Love my kids. I mean, you think yeah. about those, those coaches that pour into your kids and those yep. those small group leaders that have poured it into into my kids and those other, you know, friends that have poured into my kids. Like those are my favorite people because they love my favorite people. What about your wife? She's part of your favorite people, right? She's like no, numero uno. Yeah. Like, like you have to, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's what it starts with, with me is you have to, you got to appreciate and, and love my wife and, and, and appreciate and love your spouse. Like, I don't, I don't want to be around people that I don't care if you're the most fun person in the history of the world anymore. Like that stage of my life is gone. It's probably gone for a lot of y'all. Like you better treat your wife and your family good. Like starting with the wife. And if you don't, that I, I don't, I don't have anything for you. I mean, I just kind of starts there. Are you talking about me treating my wife good? Or are you talking about me treating your wife good? No, you treating your wife good. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to treat my wife good too. You ain't gonna treat, <laughs> you gotta treat my, my wife like dirt. But I think you you have to be a person. You have to be a person that prioritizes your family. You have to be a person that that's that I see that. My kids see that. Like that's a part of what we do and who we are and how we are. And I mean, my kids ask questions all the time about my friends' parents that we hang out with, like. What do you think about them? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Like, they notice all that stuff. Mm. What do you think when he said this to, you know, so-and-so? I mean, they, they're, they're, they're watching a bunch of that stuff. So I, I think that's a, as I, get a whole, as I get older, like, I don't necessarily care as much about how you treat me, but, like, you dang sure better treat my wife good. You better treat your wife good. Can you have fun? Can we have fun with not doing stupid things? You know, I mean... Can we have fun with just each other? Can we have fun cooking, eating, like whatever it is that we have fun together? I can't. I can't imagine anybody not treating their wife good. I mean, I understand. I, I understand what you're saying, like, but that's that's not the that's probably the norm of who you surround yourself with and who you're around. But I think there's a lot of people that are snippy, or you know, I, I see a lot. I, I have people in my life that their their wife is the, you know, they're the. They're the ones that does everything. You know, they're, you, they do, they serve the whole time. And, you know, I mean, that's not, a, it's not a bad thing. Like a wife, a wife serving is not a, a serving wife is not a bad thing at all. But like, I would say sometimes can be submissive. You know, you see that, like, I, I mean, I think you want strong mom, uh, just as much as you want dads, you want strong moms that are awesome, that are loving, that are, that love your babies too. You know, like it's all, I think all of that yeah. works to works together, but you, you, I mean, I've been blown. So away. Many. I've been blown away by the questions I've gotten from my kids about the people we hang out with and why they are the way they are, how they are, what we think about when they did this or that, and it's crazy. I think it's interesting that how observant your kids are. Yes, like very. they're they're paying attention to what's going on. That's the thing with Jesse, our youngest. She's always listening. <laughs> she's always and paying attention. It does attention. not seem like it at yeah. all. But yeah, you she, don't think she? I mean, no. she's over there, you know. Doing her makeup, she's in La La doing, La La doing her makeup, taking Snapchats, but, but she's listening. You, you be 
Better be careful what you say. So three things there to reach the next generation. Pray for our kids, prioritize church, and then participate. Everybody can get involved in helping or mentoring a young person. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. I think the first way to fight for our families is the greatest, praying for them. How often do you pray for your family, your spouse, your kids? On the podcast with Shanda Bell from season two, she said this, if you aren't praying for your kids, no one is. Psalm 34, nine through 11 says this, fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong lions sometimes grow hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Fearing God is a good thing. If we have a healthy fear and reverence for God, we are not afraid of anything else. Pray for your families, prioritize time with them, and please, please, please get them in church to be surrounded with godly community. Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals podcast, and we'll catch you next week.